Free Kicks is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, A Star is Born. You really do think a star is born. I wasn't talking about me. <laughs> yeah, it all refers back to you. Yes, and our guest is Deborah Pappas. She's a talent agent who scours the universe looking for talented people to put them in wonderful productions, and I don't know why she wound up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the next Back to You with Steve Baskerville and Howard Sudbury. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an Opie show. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Free Kicks. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Here we are back again in the our, in our home studios in Mount Prospect. That's right. With another edition of Free Kicks. Uh, so, Adam, I know that uh, you had a bit of a shock this weekend with I did. Uh, my uh, uh, my youngest son, Sean. <laughs> you looked over the field at uh, your soccer game. Your son Simon was right, playing, right? And you saw this referee who looked semi familiar. Uh, as he walked towards <laughs> to you, you saw that it was, in fact, my son who was refing your son. And I understand they didn't get along too well on the field. Is that, is that true? <laughs> yeah, Simon was a little grumpy at, that day. Um, I was a little upset about a few things. Uh, but uh, we were a little outmatched in that game. That team yeah. that we played was uh, quite a few divisions higher than us. Yeah. I mean, we did pretty well. We, ended, we only actually conceded the one in the second half. So we ended up being 5-1. And uh, the other games were close. But... Uh, I don't think his refereeing had any effect on the no, game. No, no. Uh, he said he tried to talk to Simon afterwards, and Simon was like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> He doesn't take losing too well <laughs> no. to Simon. So, well, you yeah. should tell Simon that the other team in that in your bracket yeah. lost to that team 22-2. to two. I, I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. So we did okay in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this the thing about youth tournaments, and you know this, uh, and everyone who has uh, kids in soccer know this, uh, you just don't know what you're going to get until right. you get there. And each tournament does their best to try to put yeah. these groups together. And sometimes they just suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And especially this one, it was a small tournament. So there was just the one bracket. Yeah. So you had teams from a little bit all over the place. I mean, and to be fair, Simon's team, although they were probably in a lower division to the other teams, they were very competitive, even though yeah. they lost both the other games, one nothing, 4-3, real close. Okay. So... Um, you know, they, they did fine. It was good. They won their league game during that week. So had, we had a busy weekend. We had four games this week. Wow. So they won their league game. So that was good. Okay. Well, good. Well, of course, this show is uh, not necessarily about youth soccer. It's <laughs> about uh, English Premier League. So let's find out what's happening on the pitch. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So uh, your TV tip, I think, was the best tip. Uh, Liverpool against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, did you get a chance to see it? I or? did. Okay. I did, yeah. I, I have to say, all right, now, if I, I'm trying to try to set the stage a little yeah. bit for this because yeah. uh, Old Trafford is a uh, a legendary place. Sure, sure. I know you hate Manchester United, <laughs> and they can just see it in your eyes when I'm telling this, but it is. It's, a, it's a, you know, an icon of the Premier League. You're right. And when people go in there, they used to go in there, 
fearing for their lives mm-hmm. because they didn't think there was a chance they could win. And there's something about the atmosphere. The crowd goes crazy. Um, it's a like a chanting uh, from the moment the, the the first kick all the way to the very last second of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghosts of the of Manchester United past seem to fly around the stadium. Right. And Liverpool goes in with a 17-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And you predicted that they were going to have a hard time there. And, in fact, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, Man United at home is always difficult. And, and really, when you think about these rivalry games, you could just throw out the records out of the yeah. window. As, as bad as Man United has been, for them to come out with a result and almost get the win, to be fair, they yeah. should have probably they won. They should have won, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer should be extremely happy. I think... The baby-faced assassin. The baby-faced assassin. And it was the interview afterward, afterwards was great because I think it, it moved, them, moved them along a little bit in the fact that he was saying that um, even though... You know, he was happy really with the performance, but he's still disappointed that they tied. Although... Where they was at, that was probably the best result they could have asked for. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I th- but you're right. He is a, he is a very positive yeah. uh, uh, character. I mean, there's right. something about him that he's, he seems to always see the cup is half full, which definitely is and, nice. Yeah, you're right. And you've got to remember, it's Manchester United. This is, this is a team that's not used to drawing and losing a lot right they're perennial winners right how many times have they won the championship any idea yeah i think it's like 11 or 12 something like that right so they've won massive amounts of of championships um obviously alex ferguson is probably the greatest manager of the premier league that's really took ever yes and so when you think of man united you think about a team that always has success right and so now they're going through this transition. This was hopefully a good step for them. I thought it was interesting. I've seen some comparisons between Solskjaer and Jurgen Klopp's first 15 games, and they're very similar. Oh, is that right? In terms of wins and losses. So maybe this is the step that they need. But ultimately, they still need a striker. Yeah. They still need to shore up the backs a little bit more. Right. This weekend was a was a step in the right direction for him. Well, I was surprised to see that Jurgen Klopp has never won there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as powerful as Liverpool has been under his command, and you know they're the European champions. Last year they they lost one game the whole season. Yeah, I think that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and they still have never won at Man U. Yeah, yeah. Lots of draws and and everything else, but you know it's just a, it is a fortress, and I think. You know, they talk a lot about when uh, Ferguson was managing there, they have this extra time. They called it Fergie time. Right. Whenever Manchester Very, United uh, were down, <laughs> they could always find a goal in those uh, injury time or Fergie time, as they called it. Right. And, and maybe this is the, the start of something new. So I hope so for Man United because yeah. it's such an, like you said, such an iconic team. But... Um, you know, hopefully this will be something they can do to move forward. Well, it's good for the whole league yeah. when they're good. Oh yeah, and, and they're they're such an international uh, brand. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when they're down, it hurts the whole Premier League. I think. I agree. I agree. Now, um, I did want to talk to you about a couple of things and other things about this game. One is mm-hmm. tactics. Okay. We you know we we talk about three in the back. Mm-hmm. We always hear this. Uh, they're playing three in the back. 
uh, in this case, and in, in most cases, when you're talking about three in the back, you're really talking about five in the back. You're right. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they'll end up playing with three center backs. Yeah. And then they have those two wing backs. But it's great because offensively, they can get those people forward. Right. But defensively, it really adds to an extra kind of two players. So a bank of five right in front of the penalty box it makes it very difficult for teams to get through. Yeah, and it puts a lot of uh, pressure on those two outside backs. Yes. I mean, they have – that's a lot of running. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you've got one Bissaka on one side, Ashley yeah. Young. Both those players like to run, so that's yes. good for them. But you've got to have the players. Um, I and mean, they're both they're both very good players. Yeah, yeah, no question. It's definitely a system that is – you're seeing more teams do it, mm-hmm. um, you know, even Sheffield United plays with three in the back, but they, they do something even more different with the fact that they push their central backs who are in the three forward, Yeah. So, which is crazy. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting for me, and I love watching that, the tactical now, uh, the noose of it, because you can see how teams are trying to get the best out of their players against, obviously, a Liverpool team that has so much power. I think if I were uh, starting now as yeah. a player... I would want to play outside back. That to me it seems like the most interesting position. And, you know, if you watch Liverpool uh, with you know uh, uh, what's his name uh, Robertson on yeah, the other yeah, side yeah. and uh, Alexander Arnold on yeah, those two guys are the key to that team. Sure, sure. But they bring all the balls up. They make all the crosses. Without them. You know, Liverpool doesn't have nearly the yeah. the offensive firepower. No, I agree, and I think the the thing about those positions, it's a, it's a little bit of a pressure less position. Yeah, I mean, you you have the ability to defend, but often you may not necessarily get caught out. You still got those people behind you to help you, right? But you also have the ability to get forward, and yeah. you can see. I mean, Alexander Arnold to me is one of the best crossers of the ball. He is. I mean, he is on point all the time, and. Uh, yeah, it's really a nice position because you can get forward and score some goals too. Right, that's true. So let's talk about the uh, the VAR um, mm. now that we're nine games into the season. Yeah. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, it was uh, kind of haphazard how they were running it. But I think they kind of have their finger on it now. I mean, in this particular game, there were two calls in the first half. Yeah. Um, one on the goal that was scored by Man U. Yep. Yeah. Um, there was a foul halfway down the yeah. field. Yeah. And they actually looked at that at VAR, and, and I thought, uh-oh, they're going to overturn it because there was just a little bit of contact. Yeah, yeah. But they, I think they made the right choice on I, that. I think so, too. I think that was the right call. I mean, it, it's so tough. I mean, I even saw in other games, too, where they, they were giving out some yellow cards for diving a little yeah. bit this weekend. So it's really difficult for referees, but they used the VAR when they got to the goal, so that was good. And then the second one, obviously, with the hand. Yeah. That was a little bit of a tougher one, you know, yep. in terms of the rule. But, you know. But I, that's I think, the rule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah. And, and I say that as a Liverpool fan. I, yeah. I really didn't think that. I thought that that was a, a very well-refereed game. Yeah. Under yeah. the circumstances. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk about the game that happened yesterday. We're mm. recording this on Tuesday. Arsenal played yesterday. Yeah. And once again, <laughs> on the road, as we predicted, yeah. They lost again. Shocking. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's like a totally different team when on the road. I don't know yeah. what they do. Um, a lot of the talk was about um, Ozil not even being in the squad, even though he's eligible to play. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, he's basically written him off, it seems like. Right. And uh, they just look like they're all over the place when they play on the road. You know, I know that Ozil is not a good defensive player. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly he's not. But without him in the lineup, they don't have anyone to get the ball to those guys up in front. Yeah, yeah. They need him. Yeah, I I was listening to somebody today on on talk radio and they were talking about it. It seems like there's definitely a disconnection in terms of from a midfield standpoint. They just don't have anybody that can really break lines for them, anybody that can give the ball to... Obama, Obama Zhang and, yeah. and get those way. Lacazette's now back in the picture. Right. So they've got the firepower. There's no reason. They've just got to find somebody who can get them the ball. Well, they got somebody on the <laughs> that's there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that they're paying millions to. I know. And he's in contract till 2021. I, I yeah. don't know. He's just picking up a very big check each week. I mean, they just re-signed him at the end of last season, didn't they? I mean, that's for right. another... Yeah, well, that was the previous GM, their executive director, Pretty much Ivan Gazidis, he was the one that signed him to this multi-year contract, very big contract, and now he's gone. So yeah. they're in a bind. I mean, and it's a bit like the Gareth Bale situation at Real Madrid. You know, right. they, they, they're signed to this hefty contract, but the manager doesn't like him and uh, doesn't want to play him. And so, but yeah. you can't get rid of him. You've got to pay him. Yeah, and they don't want to leave because they're getting a lot of money. <laughs> well, I think they should play him. Uh, uh, I agree. Just because, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a German, and you yeah. know, I, I, I've always he. The thing about him is, yes, he's a soft player. That's mm-hmm. no question about that. But he is a really creative player. Yeah, and there are. Uh, very few of those players in the world. Yeah. And he's one of them. And I think it's tough because if they're winning and he's not playing, not an issue. Right. The problem is they're not winning, he's not playing. Right. That becomes the issue. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it, it makes it very difficult for the manager. He's in he's in a tough spot. But let's also give credit to Sheffield United who, oh, yeah. who won that yeah. game. And and the other uh uh promoted team which is Aston Villa which mm-hmm. is playing fantastic yep. two wins in a row yeah and they've got that guy Grealish yeah that's something about that guy yeah you know what I mean yeah he's he's playing really well he's kind of probably putting himself right in a, a good position maybe for an England call-up I mean he's uh he's an interesting player, a little bit yeah. of a poser on the ball he's a little got, bit yeah got the tan <laughs> the, the fake tan going for him and the hair yeah. slicked back but um yeah the hair <laughs> is interesting yeah. yeah um but I was listening to um uh, an interview he did he seems pretty down-to-earth guy which is good yeah. and uh you know obviously he's the the mover and the shaker for the villa team that's right. getting them going and and it's the same thing with sheffield united they're just finding a way to to be effective i think their style of play is really difficult for teams to figure out i'll be interested to yeah. see if how they do next year right once everybody's been around and seen them and even the second time that teams play them they may have a harder time well, you know, Sheffield United is now in ninth place yeah, on the table, and and uh, Aston Villa is in twelfth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're both now. Of course, there's only a few points difference, right. but you know, yeah. still moving up. All right, how about your team, Chelsea? Um, don't look now, but they've won four of their last five games. I tell you, great, yeah, five in a row if you include the champ. European, That's true. The Champions League game, but that's true. They're great. I mean, uh, I would say um, behind the top two, they're, they're the team. Yeah, you know, obviously behind Liverpool, Man City, they're the team that's looking good. Frank Lampard's got them playing very well with a bunch of English youngsters. Yeah, which is fantastic for the league. Right, and uh, it's it's really exciting times for. There's Chelsea. also an American youngster. That's right. That's who right. Who has been coming in as yep. a sub, and he actually 
to me, that I think is the perfect role for him as a super sub because he's got so much energy. Yeah. And he comes in when people have tired legs and sure. he can really make a difference. Yeah, Pulisic's got that extra pace that you know that you, you need for when players come in. And I know I've always said to, to players when they come in as subs, hey, just make a difference. And he's making a difference. Yeah. And that's exactly what substitutes need to do. That's right. Now, do you think that this is the end of the Olivier Giroud era? Yeah. They're yeah. starting to uh, talk about that. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, obviously he's having a hard time getting into games with with Abrahams and even uh, Batshuayi as well, who's right. been coming in with Pulisic. Those two play together at Dortmund, so they have a little bit of a. Connection. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. So yeah, they have so, a little yeah. bit of a connection there, um, but yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be tough. I mean. Lampard's in a in a good situation. He's got a few strikers to pick from, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and obviously Abraham's the, the the first choice. So whether or not Giroud gets in, but he scored a couple of goals on the weekend for France. So That's that gives true. you an idea. So yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. We're gonna have to take a quick break. Free kicks. We'll be right back. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, how to road trip in classic style, plus a Ferrari SUV. Yup. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This week on And Friends, we talk about history that happens, and we, uh, you know, go forward back next week's history today. And Friends and Opie Show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead; it just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. And we're back. It's uh, time to explain the foreign tradition. And now, explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay, I have a question for you coming up here first, but I I wanted to do my usual uh, Arlo uh, stroking, <laughs> and that is to uh, to mention Arlo White and some of the some of the gems that he gave us this week. And um, this is the way he paints a picture with his words. And my favorite one this week was games like this. I like the salt in the soup. <laughs> That's just, it just says it all. It's great. That's great. Isn't yeah. that a great way to, to paint the picture? Yeah. And he's now calling the six yard box, the corridor of uncertainty, <laughs> which is awesome. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, but here's my question. And I yeah. heard this uh, during the game, Lee Dixon, uh, who is, yeah. you know, a, a bit more of a, uh, yeah, working class dude, you yeah, know, and yeah. he'll, he'll throw out these phrases sometimes that I just don't quite understand. <laughs> and he said, sometimes it feels like you're shelling peas. Right. What what is what does he mean by that? So I, from that standpoint, with, with the little peas in the pod. Yeah. You know, when you open them up, it's yeah. fit, they just they just fall out. Oh, so okay. they're just he's just referring to it's so easy. Oh, okay. So, I thought, yeah. so from that standpoint, it's like shelling peas. So I don't know how he used it in terms of the context, but yeah, it's like shelling peas. It's that easy. I mean, they're slicing through the defense okay. that quickly. All right. So that's how peas come out of the pod, and that's what it. That's where it comes from. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. I guess I should it's know a little more bit about. of an English, uh, little English. Uh, 
idiot you know it idiotism i guess you could say okay yeah all right well here's uh, one from uh, our listener mailbag all, all right. right this was uh, sent to me it's nice we have a mailbag yes we do <laughs> and if you'd like to send it you can always direct message us on on, on twitter that's right um, yeah and that's where this one comes yeah um your beloved cubs this is you know i was i wrote a book called every cub ever so your beloved cubs have a long and storied history uh setting aside their recent string of success for decades, they were known as the lovable losers and nearly everybody else's second favorite team. <laughs> so here's the question. Is there a rangeland team? I'm not sure what that means exactly. Yeah, very, Do you know what that means? I have no idea. Is there a late rangeland team in England that would be the equivalent of that? Yeah. I would probably go and say Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, because Newcastle has a massive following. Yeah, huge, huge fans for in their for all their games, forty, fifty thousand. They support them through thick and thin, uh-huh. and they are not very good. And they never win. <laughs> and they never win. <laughs> so it's a little bit like that. I mean, they and they've had some rough years, some lean years. So you, as a Chelsea fan, when Newcastle does well, you're like, oh, that's nice for Newcastle. You I, don't, you don't have like a temple throbbing hatred it, of them. Exactly, exactly. I never think, oh man, they're going to win the league this year. Okay, that's never a discussion. So it doesn't hurt to also root for them. Yeah. I think everybody likes when Newcastle do well. Okay. Um, you know, they were probably historically, they were seven, eight points clear of Man United at one point to win the Premier League and they kind of blew it. Oh, okay. So that's a little bit like the Cubs, isn't it? <laughs> Very much. <laughs> so it that was, familiar. Uh, so it, it, they're the type of team that you, they're the, the lovable losers, I guess you could say. Okay. And they haven't won in a long time. They've always had some good players, Alan Shearer. Right, the, maybe know. one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, I mean, they've always had good players, but they just haven't found a way to be the consistent team. But And I'll be honest with you, if if I was to buy a team, yeah. that would definitely be one of the teams I would want to potentially buy because it's a sleeping giant. It's a bit yeah. like the Cubs, like with, with Epstein and coming yeah, yeah. in there and uh, obviously Ricketts buying the, you know, they've, They've moved it along right. to a point where now, hey, they could actually win a, a fair bit. So, okay. so I think that would be Newcastle. So if right. anybody wants to give me some money, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it over. <laughs> all right. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, all right. It's time for Guess the Star Player. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for you to play along with at home. Uh, I give clues about a star player. Adam has to try to guess who I'm all talking right. about. And you can play along at home, see if you can get it before him. All right, I always like to start with the age of the player. And this week, it's not a 28-year-old. Oh, okay, good. He's 26. Oh, okay. 26-year-old. All right. He was born in Ivory Coast. Okay. And plays for their national team. Okay. He has made over 100 appearances with his current club, but it's always rumored to be going elsewhere. Hmm. He's a forward. Ivory Coast forward. His real first name is Dazette, but nobody calls him that. In fact, you probably have no idea that that's his real name. <laughs> All right. His real name is, to me, sounds like a woman's name. It's the name that he goes by. Wow. All right. His first name. He plays for one of the lesser London clubs. Okay. My goodness. I'm guessing he's might be I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to think. I'm just going blank on on Ivory Coast strikers. Yeah. He wears number eleven. Wow, oh, that was Didier Drogba's number too. 
Yeah. Most famous player from Ivory Coast. <laughs> You've got the drug on you. You can't get drug <laughs> out of your I, head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He has a very strange hairstyle. Very strange. Hmm. Not Sissoko. No, he wears blue and red stripes, his uniform. Blue and red stripes. He is not royalty, but he plays for a palace. Oh, Saha? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Blue and red stripes again. Was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. Wow, really? Wilfried Zaha. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's from the Ivory Coast. I didn't even realize he was from the Ivory yeah. Coast. No, yeah. no. I mean, obviously, and uh, he has the English. That, I mean, there was discussion. I don't know if he's played with the Ivory Coast. You may know that. He has. He's okay, played so, 17 games with them. But he also, when he was younger, yeah, played was for English, England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's true. So, yeah. So, um, because there was a lot of discussion about whether who he was going to play for. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Not? So I, I, I got me on you. that one. That I, was that was a tough one. I just happened to watch the game, uh, Crystal Palace against uh, who did they play this weekend? Um, Man City. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the whole discussion the whole time was about him. Okay. So I yeah, thought, sure. all right. Yeah. Because he's always rumored to be going somewhere else. That's true. That's true. Yeah. At the start of the season, he didn't yeah. play in the first game because they thought they were going to get rid of him. Right. And he looks yeah. like his mind is playing for somebody else right now yeah. if you watch him play. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So here one. are the games this weekend. Right. Uh, now, if you're uh, like me and you try to win this uh, $50,000 at NBC at their, at their app, um, they have five games every week. So far, I think I've gotten two games correct out of every game I've picked. Um, and last week I got one game correct. <laughs> so let's see how we do this week. The first one is Burnley at home against Chelsea. I think it's going to be a tough game for Chelsea because Burnley's always difficult to play at, but I think they're going to have enough. I think it's going to be a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Okay, I have Burnley uh, losing 1-0. Okay. Um, Newcastle at home against the Wolves. Yeah, yeah Wolves are on a good run. Um, I think Newcastle, you know, at home is always difficult, but I think Wolves might just squeak it 1-0. That's exactly how I have it. Okay. Uh, Liverpool at home against Tottenham. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game for Spurs. Uh, obviously having a rough go. I think Liverpool's going to be really upset from their draw this past weekend. 3-1 to the Reds. I have it 2-0. Um because uh, Mo Salah is still out, you know, and yeah, they're yeah. having a harder time scoring. Yeah, than they yeah, yeah. Um, Arsenal at home against Crystal Palace. Arsenal back at home. It means a victory for me, so I'm yes. giving them a 2-1 win over the Palace. I have a 2-0. Um, and then Norwich at home against Man U. Well, I, I think Man United might come back. I, I think they're going to have a little bit of confidence. Uh, Norwich is obviously a tough, tough team, but kind of fallen on some harder times lately. I'm going to give uh, Man United a 2-1 win. Okay, and I have it 1-0. All right, very good. So now it's time to uh, bring the story back to this country. Here we go. And now the latest Chicago area soccer news. Soccer news, soccer news. with Coach Adam. Coach Adam. That's you. That's me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What do so, you got? So, yeah, so obviously uh, this past weekend we had a busy weekend up at uh, the Junior State Cup. So we had some things going on Rockford. Um, Target was also out there. So we're getting uh, information there for the teams. And then teams are kind of getting ready for this next weekend where we've got President's Cup and State Cup semifinals, quarterfinals. So 
Um, we're getting closer to that point where a lot of the older girls teams and the younger uh, younger groups, they're getting ready for their state championship finals, which will be up in Rockford. So uh, we're excited for that. And then uh, a little bit slower in terms of the coaching ed. Obviously, teams are still trying to get as many games in on the youth side. Um, we are going to be starting a D license in November. So if uh, any coaches are interested, we've got quite a few spots available. November the 1st is the second and third is the first weekend. And that's going to be in Arlington Heights. All right, that's coming up. Yeah, that's coming up. And then uh, otherwise than that, um, you know, we're just kind of getting ready for ODP. So ODP registration will also end around about November 1st. We may extend it a little bit. But if people or kids are interested, we have winter training throughout, and that gives them the opportunity to uh, make a state team or a, a pool team and then go on to regional and national teams. And ODP stands for Olympic Developmental Program. Correct. correct? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, do you have a tip for the youngsters? I do have a little tip. Uh, wait. Wait. You got to wait for the audio. Here I we go. I will. I will. Time now for Adam's tip for the youngsters. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I do too. It's, it, yes, yeah. So in terms of tip for the youngsters, one thing I noticed, and I saw this a lot even on this weekend, is shooting is not as good as it should be. Yeah. So if I'm going to say anything to youngsters and kids especially, if they're going to shoot the ball, make sure you hit it with your instep, which is your laces, but land on your shooting foot. So when they follow through, they want to land on the shooting foot, and that's going to allow the ball to knuckle a little bit. Okay. So kids out there, practice. Hit it against a wall, against the, the, the garage, as people say in America. I still yeah. can't say that word. I, I'm so used to saying garage. But try and kick the ball against a wall, practice it, land on your shooting foot, and you're going to see the ball moving a little bit in the end. That's how you can see those Cristiano Ronaldo free kicks and Gareth Bell free kicks. That's how they do it, by landing on their shooting foot. So there's a little tip. Okay, great. And and don't ever shoot it right at the goalie. No. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one. That seems right. like something and, and, you wouldn't have to tell them. But. And that happens all the time, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. That happens all the time. All right. It's time for Adam's TV tip. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Hey, you gave us the best game last weekend. What do you got for us this weekend? Yeah, I think it's going to have Liverpool again. So Sunday, 10.30 kickoff, Liverpool-Tottenham. It's going to be a great game. It's at uh, at Anfield. I mean, Spurs is going to have a hard time, I think, going up there. You know, obviously uh, the form is going to be tough for them. But I think uh, Liverpool's got a great opportunity to get back on winning track and, and try and see if they can uh, extend their lead in the in the Premiership. Okay, so there's your there's your tip. Now, for those of you listening to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, uh, uh, there's a rumor going around that there's a brand new show starting up. Uh, I I don't wow. want to uh, I don't want to get you too excited, but uh, I've heard rumblings. Um, all I can say is stay tuned, keep your eye on the Radio Misfits Podcast <laughs> Network, and you may be very surprised at a great new show that is coming up. That's all I'm going to say. Sounds all exciting. Right? All right. Today, we need to give our special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The proceeding was a presentation of Opi Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?
If you missed Losano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. Tony, I think we have to talk about something. All right, let's talk. You spoke about going to see Star Wars again. We need to talk about you in Star Wars. (laughs) I'm proposing that before you see Star Wars again, which I know is going to happen, we need to get at least two other movies under your belt during this viewing season. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. No, no, (laughs) sir. We need to get something that does not involve laser swords, so to speak. How many times have you seen it, Tony? Seven. Just seven. Just seven. <laughs> Tony, that's over 14 hours mm-hmm. of your life devoted oh. to watching one, in my opinion, pretty mediocre Star Wars movie. Oh, <laughs> That always scares me a little. <laughs> in a good way. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell... Lausano, or whatever the f*** it's called. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. So Dave, what will people get when they hear Minutia Men? Well, Rick, uh, worthless information about things in the news, celebrity tidbits, yeah, stories, Cubs trivia, very little profanity, Nazi stories, and lots of nudity. And that's uh, that's just a taste of what you'll get. Every week, episodes every week. Yep. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com.